If you have your Bibles, if you come with me to John chapter 10 uh, this morning, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, Jesus uh, uh, teaching us about his nature and his character. But before we get there, it's just a great song, uh, that last song by David Crowder, isn't it? Um, It's just uh, uh, reminding us of heaven uh, that awaits us and reminding us of of the affections uh, that Jesus has for us. It, it just kind of captures your, your heart and your soul. And uh, David uh, Crowder, if you, if you don't know who he is, just go to YouTube and see his stuff. He's a crazy man. You know, he's just a wild, wild songwriter. And uh, uh, some of his songs have to be sanitized for church life, you know, because uh, there's one line in the song that... Uh, it goes like this, an unexpected kiss. Well, David Crowder, the, the, real, the real lyrics there is a sloppy, wet kiss. Some of you are saying, oh, I don't know about that going away. But that's how the affection that the Lord has for us. We like to kind of, you know, kind of sanitize it a little bit. But the Lord loves you with an outrageous, sacrificial love because that's what our text about. That's what our text is about today. So let's pray, and then we'll talk about our text. Father, we thank you for this morning. We do pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us and that you'd encourage our heart uh, in the things of the Lord uh, this morning. Our text is John chapter 10. It's three parables. If we were to do an outline of the text, if you're taking notes, what you're going to see is three parables to teach us two really main truths about Jesus. And those truths are that he is the good shepherd who knows his sheep. He knows who we are, and we as his sheep hear his voice and follow after him. The second truth that you're going to see interwoven in these three parables is that our shepherd, our good shepherd, is not like the others, is that our good shepherd voluntarily and sacrificially lays down his life for the sheep. When we look at the gospel message, we could note this about Jesus' heart for the sheep. In Matthew 9.36, It says this, when Jesus saw the crowds, saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless, like who? Like sheep. Now, I know nothing about sheep, I have to tell you that. There's a book that I'd recommend by Keller. It's called A Shepherd, what is it? Shepherd Looks At. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Thanks, Nancy. A shepherd looks at Psalm 23. He talks about all sheep. He was a shepherd. He talks about what they're like and how disgusting they are and how he deals with them. And you can get that book for like $1.99 on Kindle. I think if you do a Google search a little bit, you might even be able to get it free. So anything I mention about sheep, it's only because I've read the book. But I do know about people. And I do know what the Bible says about people and sheep. 
And I'd have to say that, according to that shepherd, sheep are a lot like people are. Sheep are a lot like sheep are a lot like people are. People are a lot like sheep. I'm not sure which one. But the things that we're going to see are true and right. Now, this narrative, these three parables, they were directed at a person. It was the man that was born blind from birth. We gave him a name last week because we don't know his name. We called him. You guys are a little dull this morning. We called him Frank. So Jesus has come along and he sees Frank, who's been born blind from birth, and Jesus heals him and sets him free. And so Frank runs around saying to his friends who are saying, is it really Frank? I thought he was born blind. And he goes, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's Frank. And then Jesus goes and finds him because this man was excommunicated from the synagogue, cast out by the religious leaders of the day. And so Jesus seeks him out. He leaves the, he leaves the 99 and he goes and he finds Frank and he tells Frank, it's me. It's the Messiah. Do you believe? And Frank does what? He believes and he worships the Lord. And Jesus shares these three, three parables to this man that was once born blind so that he would know the nature and character of who Jesus is, which stands in contrast to the religious leaders of the day. And so let's take a look at each one. Let's look at this first parable. Jesus says this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you. And what Jesus is saying here is that indeed and in truth, he's putting an emphasis on it. Or some translations will go, amen and amen. Or verily, verily, I say to you. And so Jesus is putting, putting an emphasis on it. And on this first parable, Jesus is going to share with the people of the day and to the man that was once born blind that I'm authentic, that I'm the real deal. Take a look at the text with me. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. And so what Jesus is using is this picture from Palestine. And there were two sheep pens. One was a community one. And this community one, you can see some of them, they still exist up in New Hampshire. They're these, they're these rock formations, these rock walls that come down and in the one side of the square rock wall, there's a what? There's a gate. And in the community sheepfold, what would happen is several flocks would come together. And the flocks by size were 20 or 30 sheep. And so all the shepherds from that community would bring all their sheep at night into the sheep pen. And they'd close the gate. And what Jesus is saying is that I've come through the right way. I've come from the Father. I've come to fulfill the prophetic word about the coming of the Messiah. I've not climbed in over the wall. 
to get the sheep, but I've come through the gatekeeper. Now, when we look at the New Testament, I think it's easy to conclude that the gatekeeper is John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist, he, uh, when John the Baptist came, he prepared the way for the Lord. And when he saw Jesus, who did he say Jesus was? He said, behold, the Lamb of God. And so that gatekeeper that Jesus is referring to is that proclamation of John the Baptist. There's another sheep pen that we're going to see in the second parable. And that other sheep pen is one that the shepherds would make when they're out in the countryside. They'd put some brambles and some thorns and some thistles or they'd find a cave and build a little wall and they'd huddle the sheep in. And instead of having a gate, that physical gate, who would be the gate or the door? That would be Jesus. That's coming. That's in the second parable. But in this parable, the gate here is John the Baptist and Jesus is saying to the people, I'm authentic, I'm real, I came to fulfill those prophecies that we see in the Old Testament. Come back to the text with me. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And what Keller tells us in his book is that these shepherds had 20 or 30 sheep, and they called, he calls them by name, and they come and follow him. And why do they follow him? Because he is the good shepherd. He is the one that cares for them. He is the one that protects them. He is the one that feeds them. He is the one that David, the second king of Israel, writes about, that the Lord is my, I shall not want. And that the provisions that the good shepherd gives him are, gives to the sheep is what brings the heart of the sheep to the shepherd. And so when we sing about, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he cares about us, what that does, it fuels our heart not to shy away from the Lord, but fuels our heart to, love, to run to him and to let him satisfy and nurture and care for the deepest parts of our soul. The sheep hear his voice. They follow after him. Come back to the text with me. Verse 5, A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And what seems apparent to us, what seems like a pretty straight and clear narrative, the people are like, well, they're like sheep. They're kind of dense, they're kind of slow, and they don't get it. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus tries again, tries another, another metaphor, and then they're not going to understand that one either, and he's going to try a third one. And so when we look at the structure of the book, the first parable runs from, say, verse 1 through 5, and 6 is a transitional verse. Look at that. 
the figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, which is indeed and in truth, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And what Jesus is saying about is on the first parable is about I'm the authentic shepherd. And in the second parable, he's saying that I am the access to eternal life. I am the access point that anyone that wants to come to the Father and experience eternal life, John 14, 6, I am the, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is saying, if you want eternal life, I've come to save you. I've come to pour my spirit into your heart. I've come to lay down my life for you. I've come to, like the man born blind, I've come to heal the deepest wounds of your heart. Like the woman caught in adultery, I've not come to condemn you. I've come to forgive you and set you free. Like the Samaritan woman who everybody shunned, he says, oh, no, I, 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 I've come to give you water that's living. Sir, how can I get that water? Or Nicodemus coming at night. Jesus leaves the 99, and he finds the one so that he can bring them access to God. There's a great scripture in Ephesians 2.18 Ephesians 2.18, Paul writes this, For through Jesus, we both, speaking of Jew and Gentile, Ephesians 2.18, For through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access in one spirit to the Father. And then he tells him the purpose of the good shepherd coming. Back to the text with me. Verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But get this, the sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, if you're looking at the set of notes that you have available, we expound upon this life, this eternal life that Jesus offers to us. Because the first off is that is that, that life that Christ offers requires a new birth. John chapter 3, John chapter 3, 16. That that new birth is born from above, that as we come to Christ receive him as our Lord and Savior. He gives us a new birth, which brings about a new identity, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The old, the old has passed, and what? The new has come. We have a new identity in Christ, that that life brings about a new relationship, that we've been adopted by him, and that new life brings about a new purpose that we would live life not just marginally, but we would live life abundantly. 
There's three core areas that every person has to settle with in their heart. What's my identity? Who am I? Who do I belong to? And what's my purpose in life? And every person, Christian and non-Christian, every person that does not know their true identity, who are you? Doesn't know who they belong to. Who am I loved by? Who do I love? Who's my family? What is my identity? Who is my identity? Who do I belong to? And then what's my purpose in life? If you can't square those away, you're, you're just wandering through life. And as a Christian, we know that our true identity is not found in what, what tribe, ethnic group we come from, even though we know the Irish saved civilization. Just want to let you know that. Yeah, when the, when the barbarians came from the north, it was the Irish that came back to Europe and taught them how to read and write and know the scriptures and love the Lord. It's the truth. Google it. My tribe is I belong to a Nazarene. My tribe is I belong to Jesus. My identity is not found in my lineage, although I'm proud of it, as you can tell. It's not found in my education, although I worked hard for it. My identity has been given to me by grace, and it's a gift. My identity is I am a child of God. Do you know that? It changes your whole worldview because I have a new identity. I'm not Sinner Man Sergeant Conway, Air Force days. I'm a child of God who's been saved and cleansed. Second thing, I belong to someone. I'm not an orphan, I'm not a wanderer. I belong to Jesus and because I am a bought sheep. I've been bought with the price and that price is the Lamb of God gave up his life on the cross, shed his blood, and I belong to him. Who do you belong to? If you belong to Jesus, then oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves me. I have experienced his forgiveness, his acceptance, and thirdly, identity, belonging. I've been given a purpose, which is this, to glorify God and to experience his joy, both present and future, because I have been bought and I am his child, and I belong to him, and he has a glorious inheritance waiting for me. See, when we have that aspect of who Christ is, 
what can this world do to us? What, what height, what depth, what things present, what things to come? Whatever the devil could work up in all creation. A famine, a pestilence, even death. What could ever keep me from the one who bought me with his very blood? See, when we have a Christianity that's focused on Christ and who he is and what he's done for us, we, we don't run away from him. We, 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 we run towards him. And, I, and I'll say this from Bible truth, but also experience Bible truth first. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us while we were yet sinners. And he died for us. And so this life is lived from a place of not trying to get to God, which is, which is the typical New Englander. Sorry, guys, I'm one of you. I can speak to my... I want to get there. And Jesus says, you can't. So I'm coming and I got you. New identity. New belonging and a new purpose in your life. That is the good shepherd. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the access point. Ephesians 2.18, we could also say uh, Hebrews 10 expounds upon it in more depth, 12 through 19. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, and the, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out, Psalm 23, and find those green pastures and those still waters. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and find that fullness of life that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that these momentary afflictions are preparing us for the eternal weight of glory. That's my Jesus. And it gets better, this next verse, verse 11, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You know, if I was doing this in a home Bible study, I think I'd take four weeks to do this. Last week was one, you got that. Ezekiel 34, right? Psalm 23. This week is another, and I'm tempted to come back to it next week, but I don't know if I'd get away with that. But when you look at this one verse, we see three amazing truths. Jesus discloses his deity in a particular way, he says, I am, I am. Exodus chapter three, where the Lord revealed himself to Moses, said, I am that I am. And of course, this is Exodus three, seven through eight. And of course, Moses is a sheep. He didn't get it. And so what did the Lord have to do in 13 and 14? If you didn't hear me the first time, I am who I am. 
he uses the language of deity, and then he says this, I am the good. Also language of deity. Luke 18, 19. He said, who is good? Jesus replies, only God is truly good. He uses the language of deity. Secondly, he says, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. We looked at this last week, Ezekiel 34, 11 through 16. God the Father speaking about that he's going to raise up, he's going to send someone after the second king of Israel, David, who Samuel called from the sheepfold to be the king. And the promise is that out of David, the scepter will never leave. And Jesus says, I am that good shepherd sent in messianic promise fulfilled in your midst because I am that good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. First John, we already mentioned it. First John 4.10. This is what love looks like. Laying down your life. If you ever have someone that has laid down their life for you. Someone that says, I am absolutely here for you. Someone that says, I love you, despite you drive me crazy every day. I'm quoting Nancy. I love you even though you try my patience. And you got Edwardianisms that I don't understand how you could be that way. He said, I'm your gift, baby. <laughs> I'm your sanctification, your transformation, your gift from God. But when you find someone like that, you know what I'm talking about. Someone that lays down their life, someone that wants you to flourish more than they want themselves to. Our heart leaps. Our heart leaps. And we find our identity, who we really are. We find who we really belong to. And out of that flows, we find our purpose in this life. And it is Last parable speaks for itself, but the same thematically, what we see in the third parable is we see thematically, we see the same truths repeated just in a different way. And in the third parable, we see the heart of God, that he's never going to give up on you. He's seeking you. He wants you. You're his. And he's always knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, come. Take a look at the text, verse 12. He was a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep. Oh my goodness, I'll never get through this. We're bought. 
thematically the same things are being said, but you can't ignore it, that we're owned, we're bought. Keller talks about in his book, uh, A Shepherd Look at, Looks at Psalm 23, about what it was like to go and buy his first sheep. And he, and he says how much he loved them and cared for them. And he also talks about he had this one beautiful sheep. Nice and fat and plump. But this sheep always was finding a way out of the pen. And sheep follow other sheep. And he tried working with this sheep, tried, you know, uh, psychotherapy, tried behavioral adjustment, you know, tried electric shock. Nothing worked with this sheep. Nothing. And one day, he said, it can't be. And that sheep became what? Lamb chops. And so the shepherd loves us. We are owned by him. And he has a destiny for us. To be like the good shepherd. It goes on. It's the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. been working with this one church and um, they, they've had a sequence like this. We need a pastor. Oh, let's go find one. They hire him. He's there for two years. Oh, that pastor's not very good. Period of time goes by. They hire another one. How many years do you think this guy lasted? Two years. He said, oh, this pastor's not what we really need. This is, this is the, the truth, truth. Another period of time, he said, oh, we gotta get another one. And they get another one, and he lasts for how long? <laughs> Two years. And now, they're looking for another one. And I'm saying, maybe it's not the shepherd. Maybe it's the sheep. Or maybe... The shepherd needs to be a real shepherd. You know, sheep bite. The good shepherd doesn't run from conflict. Doesn't run when danger comes. The good shepherd does what? Lays down his life for the sheep. And he does it willingly. No one, we see in the text, no one takes his life he willingly lays it down. That is my Jesus. Who's your Jesus? My Jesus gives me a new identity. Tells me he loves me. I belong to him. And gives me a purpose in life that transcends all of this. Back to the text. We'll finish it out. He flees because he is a hired hand. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. They know me. Basically, thematically same just as the Father knows me, I know my Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep, speaking of the Gentiles, that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. That's you and I. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I do what? I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. And then we see in 19 through 21, 
we see John brings this narrative to a conclusion by saying simply this one truth. There's no middle ground. The shepherd comes. Those that are his hear his voice and follow after him. The decision of what kind of sheep you want to be really rests with you. Because we have a shepherd that will leave the 99 and go get the one. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine like right now? You remember Frank from earlier? Imagine if my phone rang. Where's my phone? Somewhere. What if my phone rang and Frank said, Pastor Ed, I need you right now. So where are you? I'm at the Drum Hill. I'm at Panera at Drum Hill. I said, okay, I'm in the middle of the service, but hold on. I'll be right there. Matt, come and finish the teaching. Catch you later. See you next week. What would you guys do with that? I'll clap. We want Matt to teach. (laughs) But that's the heart of Jesus. Saying, you guys are set. You got Matt, you got Ben, you got the team. I got to go to, I got to, one of my sheep are out there at Panera. And I got to go. Would you understand that? Yeah, some of you, many of you would say, yeah, I was that sheep. And when you get that, then you know who my Jesus is. Because he came and got me. And I have a whole new life. A whole new identity. I am his beloved. And he has called me to love God and glorify God and love people. Amen? Amen. Let's prepare our hearts to receive uh, the Lord's table this morning.